First of all, that's exactly what I just said, except dumber. The Georgia Virtue presents the Let Me Tell You Why You're Wrong podcast. Welcome to episode 214. This week, we have Jessica's Guyton drama, filtering copyrighted material, please play Let It Go, Twitter Musk, the latest polls, elite troopers, and floating over the cuckoo's nest. I'm Dave Roberts. With me is my partner in this endeavor, Jessica Salaji. Hi. That's quite a show you've laid out there. I laid out? <laughs> Well, I mean, the way you send it doesn't, doesn't look good for many people. <laughs> so, how was your week? My week was eventful. It was very, very eventful. It, and uh, you are an excellent follow on Facebook. Well, there are times when I can be more interesting than others. I will give you that. And last week was one of those weeks. Yeah, so right after we recorded, um, I guess last for the last show, I went over to my P.O. box and there was a letter in there from a law firm in Savannah and um, it was about the city of Guyton. And, you know, I had posted, I think maybe, I guess it was at this point, it was probably a month ago, I posted a video of um, the police chief speaking at three meetings, and then after each time he spoke, I contrasted that with the records that I had obtained from the Effingham um, 911 Center. And, you know, I used this buzzer noise that said, like, the, the wrong game show noise that you hear. And I said that the Guyton Police Department was inflating their numbers. Well, this city attorney um, tells me that I am... I have defamed the police department, that I have um, compromised their relationship with the public. I've put a wedge between them. And, um, well, actually, I didn't know about the compromise in the police department. I just knew that I had defamed them because the letter was three pages and only two of the pages were included in the in the letter. I also had a little thing in my... Um, but that's, that's solid, solid work by an attorney that charges hundreds of dollars an hour. Totally. And what's what's even crazier is that um, I had a little note in there for a certified letter. And so I went to my postman and um, he said that they, they couldn't find it. And it, as it turns out, it had already been sent back, which is entertaining as heck because so they had to pay to send me the letter and then pay to take it back and all that jazz. So um, but they sent it certified and regular mail. So I sent an email immediately to the city attorney and was like, hey, I got this letter from you. Looks like something's missing. Could you please advise? <laughs> like, there's no meat to this. And um, I didn't hear from him Thursday. I didn't hear from him Friday. Didn't hear from him Monday until like three hours after I posted my response video, basically outlining everything um, and like explaining the process, explaining why I had gone ahead and... Um, gotten the records from 911 because Guyton has routinely 
denied those records to not just me, but other people. Um, So I found a workaround and, you know, I explained the entire thing. It was a painfully long video. I think it was 17 minutes, but I was, I refused to correspond with the attorney because of how much he charges. And I, I mean, I think I've told um, people, if you've been following the saga, that it's $1,375 for him to come to one council meeting, which is just asinine. So, you know, I was putting all my responses on Facebook. Well, on Tuesday or Monday around lunchtime, he sends me the, the second page in which he, you know, says that I have, um, you know, I put out false and inaccurate information. I had no basis for my allegations. Um, I, they were demonstrably false and defamatory that I carry a heavy burden as a reporter and that I must investigate and act accurately and objectively report the facts. Um, and that I've harmed the reputation of the police chief and all his officers and the, like, just on and on and on and on. And basically, like, closes threatening that I don't have protections as under the First Amendment because this was done with, with malice. And uh, I really lost my cool then because I, I mean... I knew he was bluffing at that, you know, like I knew the entire letter was a bluff. By that point, I had researched all the case law of how the courts have ruled, how they've established defamation and all these things. And, you know, as a sideshow, I had requested to be placed on the agenda and the mayor, the county, the city manager said I could be. And then the mayor took me off. And then because I refused to give, I guess, a specific enough reason for him. And I mean, it's just all this drama, drama, drama. So Eric and I go to the council meeting on Tuesday and there are four Guyton cops there when there have never been four Guyton cops anywhere ever. I don't even think they have that many people working at a time. Um, and two of them were placed behind us and, you know, it was totally an intimidation factor element thing that they were trying to, I guess, scare us into not speaking um, my friend Andy and I, we spoke anyway. I kept it like within the lines because obviously if you have four people, four cops there, you're, you're waiting for an opportunity to like confront, make a confrontation into something bigger so that you can allege that I would, I did something wrong, right? Like the whole idea here is to paint, to deflect from what they're doing, which is inflating calls for numbers. Um, and they continue to do it. And I've, I mean, I did like, I outlined everything, um, including like the basic law enforcement definitions for these things as to, to, as the basis for why I asserted that the calls were being inflated, not to mention that my initial tip on this information came from other people in law enforcement who saw the numbers and were like, there's no way in hell. So, you know, the, when the, before he knew the video came out, the, the second video, the attorney had emailed me twice and he had called me. I haven't heard from him since. And they discussed potential litigation at the council meeting and executive session. So who knows if they're going to pursue that. But, um, you know, at the same time, they'd been calling these things calls for service and that's what they were inflating. But as of Tuesday night, they changed those numbers um, or they changed that terminology. They changed it to cases created, cases initiated, which... I mean, if, if I'm the one that's being defamatory, why are you changing your terminology all of a sudden? Because they're lying. Totally. I mean, the, what it comes down to is that they have 
embellished everything from what they what they were including in their report was direct patrol, which is what you're supposed to do anyway. When you go when you go into a neighborhood and you drive around so that the public can see you, that is part of your duty as a law enforcement. Like that's not a call for service. That is that is just being a police officer. Um, if they did a business check in the evening to make sure that nobody was you know robbing the the joint or that no doors were unlocked or there's nothing suspicious going on. They called that a call for service. And for the, during the meeting, I actually spoke and said I, I had gone through the numbers for the month of March because that was an agenda item. So I was allowed to address that. The mayor would not allow me to talk about my letter from the city attorney, but you know, their numbers were that they had 16, 624 calls initiated um, or calls created or however their you know, cases created to change the word. And when you take out all of the nonsense and, and factor out the number of times that the public called the Guyton Police Department in the month of March for criminal activity or suspected criminal activity, that number is only 74. So, and, you know, I'll give you, like, that I, I took out everything. 74 for 31 days. Right. And I'll give you, you know... So, so I, I would, I do want to say, like, I think that direct patrol is important for a police department, and I think that premise checks are important. I know that business owners appreciate that. I think all of those things are essential to having a an effective police department. I'm not saying that, you know, but they shouldn't be, be doing a, that. A, a separate line when you're justifying exactly. your existence exactly. is we had this many direct calls for service. We uh, exactly we responded to this many traffic incidents. We pulled over this many people, issued this many citations. And among that, we check on every business that, that we can. And these are, these are the other activities that our officers do when they are not responding to direct calls for service. And that's how you, that'd be a totally honest. And honestly, <clears throat> you'd be sitting in the front row going, yeah, that's what you're supposed to be doing. Great. Good job. Good job, chief. Yeah. Great. I'm glad to hear it. I mean, all of the proactive policing measures, um, I mean, do I think that it justifies their existence? No, I don't, because I don't think that the sheriff's office would have a hard time absorbing an additional 74 calls a month. So, so there's that element. However, I do think that all of those things are important in preventing crime. And so, you know, I, I can, I can concede that point, but Again, it was being like when when the general public hears the word call for service, they think the number of times that somebody in the city limits called for help from the police. And when you include medical calls and fire alarms and traffic stops, I mean, when I get, when I did my initial video calling them out, I even included the officer initiated calls like traffic stops or when they would pull over to um talk to somebody because they thought something was off. I even included that, like giving them the benefit of the doubt because, you know, that could be considered a call for service by some people. I, I didn't whittle them down to the bare bones, but now you can bet you're behind that I'm going to, especially since the city attorney obviously has no idea what a call for service is either. So, No, it, he does. It, he's, he's just playing lawyer games. I he, guess. Yeah, he, I he's, guess. he's playing the word game, which I like to call the stupid game. You know, I, I act stupid and, and pretend that you're stupid. Yeah, I mean, the whole thing, so, you know, between the, all the cops and, and the 
the mayor, like the way that he treats people and his, his refusal and to, I mean, he was going back and forth an email with me, which just shows you that he leads with his ego instead of his intelligence. If He's a thin-skinned little bee. He is. He's very thin-skinned. And, you know, here I am citing all these case laws and statutes about what he is obligated to do and citing Guyton's own policies. And he's flipping out and telling me that, you know, I will not be permitted to speak. And I, you know, he, he just loves his power. But the we were talking about this a little bit before the show. And that the problem with Guyton is that they see here and now they don't look even five minutes down the road so when when almost every month of a city council meeting it is only me and my friend andy who go and this month i think there were like it was me andy eric and i think two other people three other people because there were some agenda items that had to do with neighborhoods so it drew out a few more but um usually it's just the council and the, the county or the city employees and anyone who has to give a departmental report so when you have four police officers there as a show of intimidation and you think that you're going to get, you know, the upper hand by doing that and and then I take a picture of it and put it on Facebook and everybody's mocking you and all the law enforcement in the area are looking at you like you are just an atrocity to the the profession. Um, what, what how could- did you not see that coming? What could Effingham County Sheriff's Department do with that budget? If the city were just to pay the county, here, take care of it. Can you imagine how many more deputies they could put on the road? They, yeah, they could I mean, do the same so checks. the Guyton then, Police Department's budget's gone up $200,000 in the last year. I know that the Sheriff's Office could probably hire four people and have their... They could probably hire four people at the starting pay, have their benefits paid for, and a car for them, you know, because they do the lease program. It, it, with with one hundred one hundred to one hundred twenty thousand dollars, three, you could probably hire three to four people. Because the sheriff's department's housing anybody they arrest. They're they have overlapping jurisdictions to where with one of the five officers that or whatever Guyton has is not available. A deputy's going out there. Mm-hmm. In fact, if any any of the police officers need backup at two o'clock in the morning, it's probably not coming from the city. It's coming from the county. So the sheriff's already supporting them. They're already using Effingham County nine one one. It's not like the city has their own nine one one. They don't have the. You take you take that budget and you hand it over to the sheriff and you go. Please keep our citizens safe, and I guarantee he can do it. And I'm not and I'm not advocating for doing away with all city police. But you already have, especially for something as some place as small as Guyton, you already have overlapping jurisdictions. You already have deputies that are patrolling the area. I don't think it'd be that much of a hardship, especially if you handed over that budget to them, or even half the budget, like you said, to them for them to do those checks and do the community policing and be be out in the public. And look, they're small communities all over, well, all, all over the country, but certainly all over Georgia depend on their county sheriff's department or their county police department to, to keep the city safe. Their larger municipalities like the city of Marietta, city of Atlanta, have obviously have their own police departments, but there are a lot of small communities this, uh, that depend on the sheriff's department to keep their citizens safe. And a lot of these communities only, or cities only offer it is because they have to offer so many pieces of service. Mm-hmm. For sure. 
that's absolutely it. And, you know, Guyton is about 2,900 people. It's, it's not that large. And the sheriff's office is already, I mean, they're not a 24-hour police department as it is with their, I think they employ six officers right now and, you know, 500 and some thousand dollars. Um, they, each year, they, they still aren't giving 24-hour service. So you take all that into consideration and then ask yourself, why? Because like I said during the meeting, you know, when you factor out the actual calls for service and the times the public called and the budget that they passed last year, which I know has gone up for things they can't control, but, you know, things like policing and, I mean, um, fuel and, and just the cost of goods, but you're talking about $601 per call. That's how much it's costing them to, to serve. Right. I'm sure the the fire services are county. They do. I, they do, they they eliminated their fire department three or three years ago, maybe. Right, because it's far more efficient for the county to do it. They they have the budget. They they obviously have the the engines versus a small town about twenty nine hundred. Yeah, having a and they have engine. right, and they have the budget and their you know the financial backing to get the you know, the, the big loans for a $300,000 tanker, which is what those things cost. And, you know, that's not guidance fault for not being able to afford. They shouldn't, they shouldn't afford that. Um, Lord, you know, they're already, people are already paying property taxes for Effingham County. Let them serve. Right. They're already being double taxed. Right. I mean, for 2,900, I'm not going to say they should dissolve it, but I, they should absolutely. Most of the cities in, in Georgia should be dissolved. At least, I mean, I think a threshold of 10000 would be a nice place to start. Right. And just like what's happening with the proposed city of of uh, Mars Hill, not Mars Hill, but uh, of Lost Mountain. It, it is near Mars Hill Road. Uh, same thing. is You guys are just voting for extra taxation. The only reason they're even forming a city is because they don't like the zoning from the county. They don't like the way the county controls private property, so they want to control it differently. But anyway, I digress. You know, Guyton can't even win when it comes to the outdoors. Why not? Uh, on my other show, uh, uh, Surf and Turf, we keep up with uh, new records that are coming on with, with hunting and fishing. And one of the records that came across last week was a new Vermilion Snapper record in the state of Georgia. Uh, Vermilion Snapper are not very big. They're delicious. They're great game fish. But the record was shattered, and the person that that no longer has the record is a guy from Guyton. So that just cracked me up. After reading all your stuff all week last week, and then I think Eric sent the story, uh, or is it Eric or Matt sent the story, I'm scrolling through it, and I'm like, took it away from Guyton. That just cracked me up. Like, they just just can't win. They shouldn't. So the latest threat to independent online creators is the filter mandate bill. Yeah, good old government. So, you know, every, I don't know, I'm sure that almost everybody has ever like posted a video on Facebook or YouTube. And even if there's audio playing in the background, like they'll delete your video over copyright violations, which I think is so stupid. Like people will post, you know, a video at like, their kid's high school football game and the loudspeaker's playing, and so they'll take the whole video down. Sometimes 
they'll just silence the part, but sometimes they'll take the whole thing down. So there's, I guess, the um, the copyright office in D.C. is trying to figure out, like, a, or fine-tune a process that standardizes the technical measure for their platforms on, like, how they handle um, content and banning and all that. And so if it, but the problem is that if that doesn't work out, Congress is already working on something called the Strengthening Measures to Advance Rights Technologies Copyright Act. <laughs> I don't even, that doesn't even make sense, but um, it's a filter mandate bill that would task the Copyright Office with designating technical measures that internet services must use to address copyright infringement. So, like, basically make a the same protocol across platforms and... Um, I mean, by and large, that would mean there's more copyright filters and everything. Yeah, and look, we <clears throat> we all know that you can't take uh, music that belongs to somebody else and put it to your own video and then put it out on the internet. It, 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 it's it, it, true; it's been done for years. And look, if you're doing a, a collage for for a wedding or a funeral or some sort of party, yeah, you're going to do it in a private event. No problem. Right. You, you post it on, on YouTube, and YouTube is going to protect itself. It's not, it's, it's not I know, but it's gone to the extremes. Like, of nobody, it, of course it has. Nobody thinks that when you post your kid kicking a field goal that you are trying yeah, to play, take credit. When, yeah, when they play rock and roll, you know, the name of the song in the background after a score or something like that. No one believes that you're trying to take credit for the for that for that music or to to pirate that music. So it's uh, it's pandering to the smallest minority. Uh, it's pandering to to the Disney's of the world. It's pandering to the and I and I, and I don't I'm not a I'm not a class warfare person. I I admire billionaires, but that's it's it's pandering to billion dollar corporations. Because they're so worried that uh, that these corporations will, will pull political support. That's the, nobody that I know run, runs in my circles is is really worried about. Uh, we will rock you coming coming through the speakers if you're playing your kid's soccer game. Right. And you know what? Neither is whoever owns Queen, Brian May, or whoever owns the 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 music for Queen. Nobody's worried about that, including him. But we're gonna we're gonna overreact to that, and the the indep independent companies doing it's bad enough, but government stepping in, going well, we need to standardize this so you all have to kiss our butts. It's 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 gonna make it's gonna make it impossible unless you you know do what you know we do on this show with our with our with our buffer music, which is find public domain free stuff. Yeah, well, that's actually, what they actually do well. The Georgia Virtue pays for that new music you hear at the front of the show. Well, that's true. We, at, at the very beginning, that's we had why to... It's, yeah, that's why we've upgraded. That's why we have music at the end, too. <laughs> right. But, but that's but what Eric kept us, kept, us out of tr kept us out of trouble for, because there were a bunch of songs I thought would be really good for intros. And you're like, yeah, yeah you, don't, you really don't want to do that. You can't even do, like, four seconds worth. Yeah, we used to think that was it. If, if you, there was a certain amount of time before you had to pay for it. Like, no. Nope, don't don't do any of it. And Eric, you were right. 
I know you don't yeah. hear that very often. <clears throat> so, in government being government, police are starting to use this idea to avoid citizens videotaping them. Had you heard about this? No, not until... I mean, I, I saw the Reason article, but I... I hadn't heard about this. And apparently, it's like a super common thing. So, I was reading the article and I was like thinking, wow, that's kind of interesting and clever. But at the same time, I was like, how have I not heard about this before? But basically, like what there are cops in like Santa Ana and it seems like uh, mostly out west, but they're um, specifically using Disney music because Disney is one of the strictest copyright hounds and they will blast the music from their phone or their car while there's an encounter happening, if someone's trying to record, because if they try to put the video on YouTube, it will get taken down. It's not dumb. It's wrong. It's super wrong, but no, no it's no, not it's, dumb. No, it's I want to know who came. I want to know who did it first, because they at least deserve like a, a small, br- very brief golf clap. Oh yeah, I mean, brilliant. I mean, Doctor Evil level brilliant. I mean, sharks with lasers on their heads. <laughs> but yeah, oh, tr- try to post that. You got, like I said, let it go playing in the background or uh, what was, oh, you got a friend in me uh, was one that really got it like a council member. It happened to be a stop outside a council member's house and, and wherever it was, out, not far from Beverly Hills. And the council member comes out and goes, what the hell's going on? He's like, shut that off. He has a right to film you. And, he, and the officer shut it off. But it was, it was the fact that he was playing it so loud that it, the only reason it even got stopped was it disturbed a council member. You know, well, I don't, I don't live in the city. I, I mean, it'd be very strange for me to hear music at two o'clock in the morning where I am. But you know how pissed I'd be if I if I lived on a street somewhere and I hear like Frozen. <laughs> yeah, if you know the song, you've got a friend in me. It's like the quirkiest start. Well, yeah, it's Gary Newton. No, uh, yeah, it's the it's he's a he's a yeah he's. It is it's dorky and all that stuff. But yeah, if I heard that at, at two o'clock in the morning, yeah, I'd be pissed. Like, what's going on? Well, that guy's trying to film me. So do it quietly. I mean, even like that. I mean, what are you doing? Murdering this guy. Well, do it quietly. It's two o'clock in the morning. I'm going back to bed. So last week we did get the news that Elon Musk makes a bid for Twitter for like $43 billion. Which is hilarious. He sure gets a lot of publicity. That's his genius. And I don't know if he's actually going to buy it. Uh, he was, up until late last week, the top shareholder of Twitter. He bought like nine point something billion or, or, or uh, percent of, uh, of Twitter. And I guess a, a hedge fund has now come in at like 14 or 15 percent. But he, he's still the largest individual owner of stock. Denied his place on the board. Because as the number one stockholder, he was offered a, a place on the board. But the board caps how much stock he can own. He goes, no, I'm, I don't think I'm going to do that. So he puts a bid in and he's offering like $10 more a share than Twitter's, than Twitter's trading. And the liberals are losing their ever-loving minds about it. And look. Yeah. They're saying that um, this was like the plan all along so that he would have control over, like, what are they saying that he's claimed, like, he'll do if he doesn't get his way, that he'll pull the plug on the whole thing? Yeah. 
Yeah, that he'll 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 dump his shares. It's almost ten percent, and if he just dumps them, it would crash the uh, the stock price and and, and almost just, kill Twitter. I mean, I don't want. I don't know. I mean, it's not that I like don't want Twitter to die. It's I don't I'm not that passionate about Twitter, but like it's kind of funny that Twitter se- Twitter has put themselves in that position. Look, when you're swinging big, I mean. This- that that's the way it is. And look, for the Republicans out there, the the die in the wool pro Trump uh, Republicans that are all screaming, "Yeah, Trump will be back on the platform and stuff like that." That's probably true. But understand, Elon Musk is a free speech guy. He leans more towards liberal libertarian than he does Republican. So just because you're going to hear Trump again doesn't mean you're not going to hear the other voices. Uh, which which I'm to- I'm totally fine with. Uh, he entertains me more than more than most billionaires do, just because he, he does the kind of stuff that I would if if I were a billionaire. Like I'm going to build a rocket and go to space. Yeah, you you don't like you don't like our rules. Get your own platform. Okay, I'll take that one. Here's forty three billion. Oh, it's 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 fantastic. I, the thing is, is they're they're wondering if there anybody else can compete with the bid. Number one, Facebook can't because they already own Facebook and Instagram. They'd be blocked from it. I don't think Google can because, again, that'd be a that'd be an antitrust thing. And I don't think any hedge fund w- would do it because it's just not a good investment. But Musk is in the position where it could be a bad investment. And he says he's going to take it private. I don't know if he actually will. He threatened that with Tesla, but I don't think it's ever going to happen. Tesla's trading almost $1,000 a share. I don't know why in the hell he would take it private. Yeah, I don't. That's but, pretty much out of my wheelhouse. Yeah, I'm sorry. Let's get into the weeds of 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 finance and stuff. But it it's a it's a it was a amusing story from last week. I don't know if it'll actually happen, but it it would it would be just funny as hell to see him take it over and go unblock everybody. You know, <laughs> turn it into OnlyFans. Don't care. Put whatever you want to on there. Yeah, it's it's certainly interesting the way that it's going to. Um I think it will have an. Im- I think it will impact like how other companies decide, or you know, decide to, to like divide up their shareholders too. Well, it's also going to depend. It's going to show other social media that you know, if Twitter starts allowing free thought, you're going to start to see advertisers and users migrate from Facebook back over to Twitter. That's something. Th- I, I see so many posts of you violated our community standards and then I see the most innocuous stuff. Uh, Lowe spends half his time in Facebook jail, so much so that I don't even think he does anything on Facebook besides put pictures of his kid's birthday up and I don't even think he does that. I think he's just tagged in it from Martha. Because, poor Matt. <laughs> poor Matt, yeah, Matt Troll. But yeah, it, it, the competition will be good. And I think that's good for the marketplace. It's a non-governmental solution to... To what we all agree is a problem, right? That that's that I think is the most brilliant part of it. But this is a good time to remind you that these are our opinions and not those of anyone, not on the show or any respective company for which we may work, own, or otherwise associate ourselves with on a regular or irregular basis. Also, you can find other episodes and relevant stories over at thegeorgiavirtue.com. Do you think we should also like amend that to include 
The definition of defamation. Do you think that would be prudent? <laughs> the definition of def- defamation. Yeah. I find that and defaming. And if you're listening, by the way, the defama- definition of defamation is, you know, I feel like there's some people who could benefit from that. Yeah, yeah. Maybe learned members of the bar. Maybe they should take a refresher course on what words mean. Okay, well, and let me teach it. Let you teach it. <laughs> I would. Sl- I'd be slapping my ruler down on the my yardstick down on the desk and making them do jumping jacks when they get something wrong and making them do jumping jacks. Get up, jump. Did that happen to you? I actually had an eleventh grade t- history teacher who used to. He didn't have a um, yardstick. He had a. A broom that he took the broom end off of. It was just a wooden stick. And he would, if you fell asleep or something, he would smack it down on the desk. And like, I think people would like borderline wet their pants because it scared them. However, I had like a 99 in that class because I loved U.S. history and I totally nerded out. Um, I think the parts when I got dinged were because I was not a fan of Abraham Lincoln. Um and he was obviously on the Civil War. But, yeah, he used to do that and make people stand up. And um, but that never happened to me. That was a darling. But he, didn't, he, did not, he was not making teenagers do jumping jacks. No, you just had to stand or okay, you have to yeah, go yeah. outside and jog around the trailer or something like that. Jog around the trailer. That, that sounds so classy, Jessica. Well, our school was so I, I full. get it. It's a, it's a portable. I get it. Mm-hmm. J- jog, take an old jog around the trailer. Yep. Well, it's the same thing in army classes. Uh, if you do not exactly. want to fall asleep, or else you're going to beat your face. But you can stand up. You know, you could stand up and go to the back of the room, take your materials with you, go stand up in the back of the room, and and that was perfectly acceptable. A, a way of, of of staying awake. Anyway, speaking of hard to stay awake, we have the latest in the 2022 Georgia gubernatorial race. The latest mm-hmm. Georgia poll poll. So obviously, this talks about everybody, but. Um, which I don't have a problem mentioning them, but I did put it on here because of um, it, it was landmark, and we've talked about landmark communication polls before. They're the only ones that polled and um, accurately predicted the outcome of the gubernatorial race in Georgia in twenty twenty or twenty eighteen. And then, I mean, he has a good Mark um, Roundtree has a good background or track record before that, but twenty eighteen was you know so many projections for Abrams and. He was the only one, and his numbers were, like, super accurate through the primary and everything. Um, and he's also accurately polled a lot of of our bigger races and how Georgia was going to go in the presidential and things like that. So, anyway, um, it came out last when Thursday, I think, and it said, you know, they polled 700 people, said 52% for Kemp, 28 for Purdue, 10% for Candace Taylor. Um, the Secretary of State, and we'll come back to that, obviously, but the Secretary of State's race, 33% of people are undecided, um, but Jody Heiss is at 35%, Raffensperger's at 18 and David Bilal's at 10% on the Republican side, and... Um, yeah. Well, I think Raffensperger's in trouble. Well, I think everybody knew that. I mean, that's not a surprise, right? The only one who didn't is Raffensperger. Yeah, I think he thinks he's... I think he like he could have taken uh, the path of, you know, honorable withdrawal 
and just say, I'm not going to run for re-election, much like our our uh, 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 lieutenant governor. Can't, can't even think. My brain was buffering. <clears throat> and just say, you know what? I'm not going to run. I'm going to step out of the way. Right. But it's, it's going to force a runoff. And runoffs are traditionally not good for incumbents. Correct. Correct. And, um, of course... A runoff is not really good for Republicans generally because that's just more time that the infighting and the drama is going to carry on. And the as, money. Right. As Stacey Abrams and the other Democrats. I mean, the Democrats have some primaries, but I think a lot of them are just two-person races. So the primaries will be, excuse me, they'll be um, decided by then. So, you know, we're just, we'll, we'll just drag it out, but... Yeah, Stacey gets to uh, hang back, wait for Republicans to hit each other, and keep running her pro-Stacey ads about how she's going to give every, – everybody's going to have perfect health care, and everybody's going to get along and smile, and Georgia's going to be a shining city on a hill when she's governor. Ugh. And taxes will be at 50%. But, yeah, that's – it's <clears throat> it's – it's early. We're still, as we record, 40 days-ish out from the primary. Mm-hmm. But I don't see, I don't see Purdue, I don't see Purdue pulling it out. I mean, Purdue is, is, is sucking wind. Well, I mean, his dumbass didn't even wait an election cycle, like not even a, an off-year cycle from losing a statewide race to a Democrat. Right. I mean, that is, to me, uh, his voting record, all those things that are the reason why I would never vote for him, all those things are kind of overshadowed by the fact that he lost to John Ossoff, who didn't have the same momentum that Stacey Abrams has. Like, he just, he cannot do it. I don't care how bad you think Kemp is or how much you love Candace Taylor. Like, they... I mean, Candace isn't going to win. I don't think she's going to. But David Perdue cannot beat Stacey Abrams. Not in any circumstance. No, he just lost race, like you said. And he lost to a pajama boy. He lost to a little limp-wristed soy boy. And it doesn't matter how much denim he put on, he couldn't make himself manly enough to beat that. Hell, give me Perdue's money. I can beat Ossoff. But but no matter how many uh, denim jackets he put on, how many times he wore boots, and, and he was completely disengaged as a senator. He didn't take the race seriously. He thought his name, and he felt that Senate seat was his. And he didn't take it seriously, and he got clocked. And I don't care who Trump endorses or anything else in this race. It's, it's not enough to carry Purdue, because that's the only thing Purdue's got. Because he also says stupid things like, the Georgia State Patrol is not elite. Yeah, I don't... I don't know why he said this. It was said in the idea that under poor leadership of, of Kemp, the Georgia State Patrol is no longer elite. He'll make them elite. This is an unforced error. This is absolutely an unforced error. This isn't something he was drawn into. 
If someone asks you and you're running for office, do you think the Georgia State Patrol is an elite law enforcement agency? I would say uh, if, if I'm running for office, I'm supposed to say amongst all the state patrols in this country, yes, I believe ours is the best. I don't have any evidence to support that, but that just gets an applause. That's what you do when you run for office. Do I think they're an personally, do I think they're an elite law enforcement agency? Absolutely not. They run radar. In fact, they had an entire graduating class had to go away because they were too dumb to pass the, the test without cheating. Well, they all actually got that thrown out, though, because the agency wasn't honest about it, actually. Right. Do I think they're elite law enforcement? I mean, I guess uh, as far well, as... Well, they are taught that they are. I know like, they are. And so I think that's where that like mental- that narrative is coming from, is that they are... I mean, they. you ask a trooper, they think they're better than all of them, you know? Of course they do. And look, if I'm in several different groups with, with veterans and cops, and they, they get a good deal of ribbing from... From people who are, you know, city SWAT or county SWAT or uh, even just county deputies who have to go and respond, who have to go into these houses that are domestic disputes and things like that. Like, yeah, yeah, just keep hiding behind signs, Hoss. Yeah, it, it's there's a there's, but that sort of interagency uh, stuff goes on all the time. Do I think they're an elite? I think there probably are elite troopers, and they do have uh, emergency response teams that are elite. And there are, te- you know, personal protection team for, for the governor probably is of the, you know, of the most elite, well-trained, uh, individuals. Do I think that as a group, they're an elite force? No. Maybe I have a different definition of, of elite. I, I, I don't yeah, know. I, I understand, but I, I mean, I get where you're coming from, but like you said, it was kind of like what we're doing here. So then, you know, Kemp pounces on it and gets a bunch of sheriffs and the former um, commissioner of Georgia State Patrol, well, Department of Public Safety, and the chairman of the Public Safety Committee in the Senate and the House. He gets them all to, you know, jump on this press release where they're condemning what Purdue said and, you know, how could he say that? And, And then... Old Candace Taylor pops in and says, I absolutely love the GSP. I have close friends who are troopers, and they are elite level. I would put them up in comparison to any other state. Sit down, David. I am sitting. Um, First of all, that's exactly what I just said, except dumber, which is in comparison to other state troopers. Yeah, they they are the tops. They're great. Uh, uh, when, when compared to all the other states, they're tops. That's not what he, I, I think what he was trying to say, and you would think after as, as much time as he spent in politics, he could, he could articulate this, is they could be better under my leadership. I'll give them the tools and training that they need to, to, to recruit the top, top candidates, something like that. If, if that's where you want to go with it, that's it. You don't say they're no longer elite because you just kind of crapped all over a bunch of people, a bunch of voters. And you kind of crapped all over the people that should you win are your protection detail, doofus. Right. Those are really dumb, 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 dumb. It, look, I don't think any less of them for it because I think it was just an unforced yeah, error. But I, I didn't think all that highly of them to begin with. 
<laughs> right, right. I mean, no, is this the worst thing he said? Absolutely not. I mean, when he was running for, I would say what he said about people who don't have a college degree and, you know, Karen Handel and stuff when he was running for Senate all those years ago, I think those types of things were more offensive to the general population and to voters. Um, this is just given, this was just ammunition for his opponents and a talking point and yeah, and look, this distraction. Will- this will fizzle out long before the, the, the election or the primary. It, it'll go away. But, you know, Candace, I don't know if Candace has ever had a thought she hasn't put on Facebook. Yeah, she's a busy, busy lady. And she's, she's doing that bus tour, the Jesus Guns and Babies. Or Jesus Babies and Guns, I'm not sure. Um, yeah, but she said such uninformed, dumb stuff. Uh, at one point, I guess Florida was was putting in a, a, a state defense force, and she said, "As governor, we'll have a state defense force." I'm like, uh, and I actually said it on her thing. I'm like, "We have one. It's called the Georgia State Defense Force." Mm. Now you can say you want to strengthen it. You can say you want to add to it. You can say you want to recruit uh, more veterans because it's an unarmed, unpaid. Aid, aid, you know, they, they, they do great work and they, they're, they train, they train alongside the National Guard. Uh, they help in national disasters. They can, they can direct traffic, but they are, they are an unarmed defense force and they do really good work. And in fact, there's a battalion of them that do op four, which is opposition forces. So they, they play the bad guys for when the, the National Guard infantry needs to go out and train in the field. They go out and they play bad guys. So they play a, a, a big role, but, the fact that she didn't know or didn't investigate or didn't think about it before right. just coming off the hip tells me she's unprepared for, for that office. She's just totally unprepared, has no idea what she's doing. She's over her head. I don't care. I don't care how much you go around, go around shouting Jesus, guns, and babies. It doesn't matter. Uh, the fact that she's, she's polling 10% is shocking to me. Really? 10%? I mean, that's... That's a that's a that's a big number. Well, you think about how many people don't like David Perdue because he's David Perdue, and then you think about how many people are mad at Kemp, and you know that that percentage of people of people who are mad at. I mean, is Matt going to vote for David Perdue? Or is he going to vote for Kemp or uh, Candace? He will probably skip, and then uh, if Kemp is the uh, nominee, will vote for Shane Hazel. Mm-hmm. Would, would be my guess. Well, and, you know, but in Candace, you know, she has been vocal, 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 vocal about these polls. Yeah, she has. And at, at, what she say, the fake pollsters reporting the same thing. Their campaigns refusing to say my name for fear the people will hear it. Well, they don't put people in there if you're polling under a certain percentage. I think it like, depending on the poll, it's like, what is it? Like some of them don't. If you're not polling over five percent, they won't put you in there. Well, yeah, and if she's polling at ten percent, she she obviously uh, Roundtree put her in there. Probably just so that he didn't have to listen. Her her fans. She doesn't have supporters. She has fans, mm-hmm. and in their eyes, she can do no wrong. So pointing out her her errors, her unforced errors, like the Georgia Defense Force stuff, like that. They go, that's not what she meant. Well, that's okay, what she well, said. Okay, well, that's not what she meant, but that's what she said. 
Right, because she has fans. And if you say anything, if you critique her in any way, it's not dissimilar from Trump fans. It's just, you know, they're just, they're very noisy and very annoying. Mm-hmm. And that's a turnoff for me. Is if you want to tell me that that Kemp did a good job, fine. If you want to tell me Kemp did a bad job, fine. We we can have that discussion. But if you're a, if you're a fan, if, if you you follow a politician the way uh, deadheads follow the band, that's a problem in politics. That means you're not being objective and you're not looking at the issues. Right. That means you're a fan of 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 this personality that she's putting out. That you won't listen to anything that's that that's being presented that that is negative, just like the stuff that's coming out about her sick leave and and campaigning. They won't listen to it. You're a liar. The same thing. You're defaming her. No, here's the evidence. You're a liar. So it's there. There. This is this this ravenous sort of fandom. You know, like they're like. You're talking about Star Wars fans arguing Star Trek fans. It makes no sense, and I, I have no, I have no desire to be in that debate. Well, it's just not, it's not productive, and it it, it echoes of like I I'm I've I'm trying to figure out who her who her base is because they obviously are people who like Trump. But Trump endorsed Purdue. Right. So where are her... So her people are people who back Trump but think he just got this one wrong? I mean, and I don't think that you should vote Trump just across the border. You know, like, would he... It's not that. It's just... I, I don't understand where her... Like, who her, her audience is. I don't get it. They're personality voters. Because I, I I see all her stuff that comes around on Facebook. I I really don't see any issues there. I mean, other than I support guns. Well, we just got permitless carry signed into law last week. Uh, I, I for babies. Well, who doesn't like babies? Well, I, I I like Jesus. Me too. Now, what do you, what specific policies are you going to put into place? Yeah, I mean, she has. Imagine? I mean, you're right though. She has a ton of opinions. Yeah, but they're all over the place, and they're off. They're all off the hip. It's because she's unprepared to run for this office, and she's embarrassing herself. I've I've said on the show before, she needs to run for state rep. She needs to run for lower office. She needs to to build an organization, not just go out there start spending. I'm I'm guessing other people's money because I don't know how a school teacher would come up come up with enough money to lease a bus for six months. And fly around the state and fly around the country. I assume she's spending somebody else's money. I'm as not most sure where her, as, yeah. as as most candidates do. I mean, even super rich, uber rich candidates, Purdue is not digging into his pocket and paying for him paying for his campaign. He's just not. That's just they spend other people's money. So I I really don't know where what her goal is here because it's she's such a dark horse candidate here that I I just don't I, I I, just, I don't I don't see it. So anyway, uh, coming into that, we have negative campaigning. We have TV ads are starting to roll out. Yeah, speaking of Trump, you know he's he's put five hundred thousand dollars in a super PAC um, that is focused on the, the Trump Save America PAC he, to go against Kemp. And you know, I've said it before. Like, 
I don't, I really don't care what your opinion is on Trump. It's none of my business. Like, not you personally, because that is my business because of the show. But, um, you know, whether or not he supports, like, I just wish he would butt out of our elections. And the fact that he's willing to spend $500,000 to demand an outcome, it just really. To what end? Now, look, if, if he wants so to... So he wants Stacey Abrams to win because he's mad about what happened here. Maybe true. I, I, why else would you put... Why would now, else would you defeat Kemp? I can understand having a little venom towards Raffensperger. I can understand him uh, maybe quietly making some donations or uh, using a pack to put some stuff out against Raffensperger because Raffensperger did certainly screw the pooch in, in 2020. Well, he also released like recordings and things like that so i mean so yeah if you want to string anybody up by the toes it's raffensperger i don't i don't again i don't know lynn wood aside i don't know what kemp was supposed to do within the confines of the constitution besides just stomp his feet and say no same reason trump's mad at mad at pence because he acted constitutionally not the way he wanted but yeah I, i i don't who watches commercials I don't. I don't know. I mean, I see them because uh, the Braves are back on, and sports is the only thing I watch live. Everything else I watch on DVR. Or I watch watch online, and I skip past that stuff. I mean, who? What percentage of the population is actually watching the six o'clock news and watching those political uh, commercials come across as they're as they're making dinner or whatever the whatever the hell they're doing in their lives? Uh, but who who is watching this stuff live? To catch it, because I I don't. If any any shows that that Connie and I watch, we we're like, okay, we're not far enough behind that one. Let's watch something else because we're not going to watch the damn commercials. Yeah. I don't know, but yeah, the there was one about Purdue being against the uh, the quote against the suspending the gas tax, uh, and I thought the quote I haven't seen the, the entire quote was like that he's a, you know basically that that he thought it was ridiculous. Now, did they take it out of context? Was it saying it, it was a ridiculous? No. Go ahead. A ridiculous way to buy votes. He did say that, and I don't disagree. But did anybody advise him that that's a losing battle? I mean, come on, buddy. Like again, when, unforced errors. Yeah, when gas is freaking four dollars a gallon. Like again, I I, I don't think that because we've talked about it. What what happens on on May thirty first? Um, and the legislature's not in, and like what what's going to happen? The gas prices are going to go back up, but. I say all that to say, you look like a jackass, and you look super. Everyone knows you're super rich, so you're like, he, oh, he's just buying votes. Like he shouldn't have done that. Losing battle, losing battle. It is. It's, well, yeah, it's one thing for us to sit here and, and say that he's buying votes, and it's obviously he's doing. It. It's another thing to be running for governor. Uh, the what he should have said is, I applaud the two months of suspended gas taxes. Why didn't he extend it till the end of the year? That would have been. That's an argument to make. That's something to say <laughs> in the handout uh, environment we're in. I would have given you more. But or another nuanced thing to say is uh, we have a surplus in revenue. We need to make sure that we're, we're stealing the least possible from the people. How about that? So, Jessica, as we're winding down, closing thoughts? Uh, just, you know, as the show drops, it's tax day 2022 so just remember it's it's not 
it's taxation is theft day. Every day is taxation is theft, but this is like the official taxation is theft holiday. Tell somebody, look, look to your right, like at church, when you go to church and they say like, shake hands with your neighbor, tell them good morning. Tell someone you know that taxation is theft today and every day. Tax day should be the Monday before the first Tuesday of November. Mm-hmm. And you should have to write a check. We shouldn't allow withholding. Think, then things would change. All right, mm-hmm. so we have a new vacation spot in Florida. Yeah. Space, sort of. Uh, space Perspective seeks to offer balloon trips to the edge of space where travelers can sip their favorite beverage while enjoying a view of the Earth from nearly 20 miles up. It's billed as a, quote-unquote, more affordable option as compared to Blue Origin. The six-hour balloon ride will cost passengers $125,000 apiece. Oh. And well, you, all right then. You take off from Cape Kennedy. You, it's a six-hour trip. You go up. You spend about two hours at altitude. About Again, about 20 miles up. You see the curvature of the Earth. You see space. Uh, no, you're not weightless. Weightless has nothing to do with altitude. It has to do with being in free fall because microgravity is not has nothing to do with how close you are to the ground has to do with how, uh, with you falling and falling faster than than you're being pulled back back to the earth. Anyway, that's too much science. But it is kind of a, a cool way when it comes down to price. When it's 10 grand, I'll go. But you you take off from Cape Kennedy and essentially you splash down off of Pensacola. And it's a, a lot more accessible to people that may not be in the best of shape because if you're in shape enough to go it only goes 12 miles an hour. So if you're in shape enough to uh, to fly commercial, you can fly on this thing. All right. So that's perfect for me because I'm not going to get in astronaut shape. So, <laughs> well, thank you for listening. For Jessica Salaj, my partner in this, in this endeavor. For Eric Cumby, our awesome editor. I'm Dave Roberts. Have a great week. Catch me howling at the moon